Welcome. Happy Easter. I'm so glad that you're here. Listen, we are starting a brand new series today. And it's a series that's important for all of us as we reflect on what the gospel means for us in this area of forgiveness. You know, I was on vacation. Uh, the Lord had provided a vacation for me and my wife in a way that was like supernatural, which is a story that I'll tell you another day. And I, it was when I stopped moving and running and doing that I had a moment to just be still. And the Lord wanted to deal with some of the bitterness in my heart. I know that some of us, some of us even leave the TV on at night because we don't like to deal with the stuff that's in our hearts. And the Lord wanted to deal with the stuff that was in my heart. And there was ugliness. There was bitterness. There was unforgiveness. And so as the Lord started to deal with it, I started to write some of the harms and some of the hurts that others have done. I wrote how there was a, a person, I don't know if you had this in your story, but when I was just a little guy, invited me into a room, a grown man invited me into a room, and listen to me, locked that door, and horrible, terrible, awful, awful things happened that day. And I wrote about the pain and the anger and the rage that I felt. And how others who were supposed to protect me abandoned me and left me. And I wrote about the pain of that. See, here's what I know. I am not the only one who, when I am paused in life, thinks about the loss, the hurt, the pain that's been done. You have your story, don't you? Many of you come here and you are heartbroken. Your spouse promised you forever and then broke that promise. Others of you have parents where you grew up and real harm was done. Not fake harm, real harm. It's not imagined. It's real. Others of you were abused by people that you were told you should trust and obey. See, here's what I know. What I, what I know is that if I pass the microphone that's on my shirt, the lapel microphone, and I passed it to the person sitting in your seat, you would be able to tell a story of harm and hurt, of pain and sorrow. You would be able to tell a story of grief how harmed you've been. Well, what happens is, is that sometimes that takes root in our heart and it affects everything in our lives. The harm that we've experienced, if not dealt with, affects every other relationship in life. That's why if you were cheated on, 
if you were cheated on, you have a new relationship. It's been a decade since you've even seen the person who cheated on you. But there are moments where you go, I have to pick up this person's phone and see what they're doing. That person's never cheated on you. Why are you treating them like a cheater? Because there's unresolved issues back here that is affecting your right now. You go, it's hard for me to trust anybody. I know, I know, because there's unresolved issues over here. In other words, your bitterness, your hurt, it doesn't get isolated. It doesn't get encapsulated in a point in time, and then you forget it, and you, forget, and you move on, and that's it. That is not what happens. It poisons and addresses all of your life if we don't deal with it. Today, on this Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about the gospel and the resurrection of Jesus Christ helps us to deal with our bitterness. I need you to hold on. But here's the thing. Today, as we speak about this, we are not going to answer all the questions about hurt and forgiveness and bitterness. We can't. It's too broad a subject. So we're going to break this up into about five, four more weeks. And so I encourage you, I want you to keep coming back because there's stuff that we need to learn. Let me give you some topics that we're going to be discussing in the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about forgiving offenses. It'll be on the screen. Forgiving betrayals. And some of the deepest ones were with the closest friends, right? It's the people who love us the most, right? You can't be betrayed by a stranger. You can only be betrayed by people you love, right? We're going to be talking about forgiving God. Now, this is tricky because God doesn't sin. But we're going to talk about what that means in our society and how that process, how we go through that process. Forgiving yourself. So these are the issues and the topics that we're going to be addressing. We need this. You know, your marriage needs this. If your marriage doesn't have a healthy component of forgiveness, I'm telling you, you just won't be able to last. You know what? Your singleness needs this. Because right now, you are praying for Mr. Right, and if you yourself are Miss Bitter, that's going to wash all over Mr. Right, and it's going to cause a kind of rift between you. This is important for all of us with our children because there will be times where our children break our hearts and if we don't practice forgiveness, there'll be a rift the years before you see your grandkids. And we got to practice it with our parents because I'm telling you, there's nothing more sorrowful than being at a funeral where there are words that were meant that should have been said that were not. And forgiveness that should have been extended, that was not. Last thing you want to do is deal with guilt and regret for the rest of your life because you were bitter. So we're talking about your future. We're talking about your happiness. But listen to me. we got to be plugged in together on this. Just like we promised Eugene to be there for him and he promised that he was going to engage in us. we got to just make that, that commitment in our mind. We're going to stay for the next few weeks, we're going to learn about how the gospel addresses this issue of forgiveness, guilt, and shame. 
Which leads us, by the way, I could almost have opened my Bible and put my finger down anywhere and talk to you about the subject. It's everywhere in the scriptures. Today we're going to be looking at Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And here's the deal. If, by the way, you have a bulletin, inside your bulletin we have what we call a sermon map. Now, this sermon map is a, a way that you could not only read along if you're here and you haven't, and you don't, didn't bring your Bible, you have your sermon map. In front, in the back, there's also some blanks you could fill in. The reason we give you this blank is so that you could keep it and kind of go over it. Because here's what we've learned. That the longest memory is shorter than the shortest pencil. And so I want you to write these things down. If you need a writing utensil, go ahead and raise your hand nice and high until somebody walks by and gives you... We have one over here, we have one over there, we have one. Keep it nice and high. They won't be able to see you unless you keep it nice and high. All right. So let's talk about this issue of forgiveness. We're in Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Let me set up the scenario. Right now, Jesus was just talking to his followers. He was telling them, hey, if someone sins against you, someone within the community of believers... And he starts to teach about what happens in a community of believers. What should you do? Because here's what Jesus knew. Jesus knew that when broken people get together, they do sometimes funky and broken things. If you've ever been to church and you say, I don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. The good news is that we have room for one more. <laughs> the reason we say that is because I know, I know I'm a hypocrite. I know I'm broken. I know that I need God's grace. But check this out. So do you. And so we need each other. And we got to come together. And we got to, okay, so that you get this, right? So Jesus is teaching them, knowing, knowing that those in the body of Christ, the believers who love Jesus, are going to sometimes lie and hurt and cheat and steal and break each other's hearts and, and, and do all that stuff. Jesus is teaching this. Peter is listening to Jesus teach this lesson. And it's like something stirs up. Have you ever read something in the Bible and like something stirred up inside you and you were like, oh, I wonder if. Well, Jesus, Peter had Jesus right in front of him. And Peter goes to Jesus as this stuff starts kicking up. You ever heard somebody say, you know, I got a friend who, you know, like that kind of thing. And Peter does one of those and he says, so, you know, hey, if someone sins against me, if someone sins against me, how many times should I forgive them? And then Peter gets all sorts of spiritual and he goes, should I forgive them seven times? Because it's impressive. Seven times. Forgive the same person for the same thing seven times. That is, you have to admit, impressive. And Jesus looks to him and he says, let's read what's in our text. Won't you stand with me at the reading of God's word? We stand together because we want to be reminded. We want to remind our bodies that God's word has more authority over our feelings. And this is never more true than when we're talking about bitterness and we're talking about forgiveness. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to 
Seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began to settle the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 uh, 10, bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when, the, when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servants fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you in anger? His master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And this ends the reading of God's word. You see what's going on? Please have a seat. Peter comes up and says, should I forgive him seven times? Jesus says, no, 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 not seven, 77. Basically, what Jesus is saying is that don't worry about the number. Don't keep count. Keep forgiving. Then he tells this story, and this story is one of those stories that you go, wait, Jesus, where are you going with this? Because I was asking, how many times should I forgive? And then you tell this story about a king and this 10,000 talents. It's, it's, it's rich. It's rich with forgiveness. So what happens? Jesus tells the story. There's this king. He has 10 he has a servant. Now, when you think servant, you think butler, maid, whatever like that. This guy must have ran cities. He must have been like some sort of governor because you cannot blow that much bags if you are just a servant. This guy blew billions of dollars. I, let me ask you this. How much is a bag of gold? Anybody know? It's like a lot, right? This guy blew 10,000 bags of gold, 10,000 bags of gold, billions of dollars. This man, this king was a great king and he entrusted his servants with a great responsibility. He believed that this servant would come through 
And for reasons that we are not told, was it just a mistake? I don't know. Was it willful and devious? I don't know. But in the end, this cat owed the king 10,000 bags. And the king responds just the way you would imagine he should respond. Yo, we're going to cut our losses. And in this society, it's just a simple, listen, just go to jail, sell everything they got, sell the Bugattis, sell the penthouse, sell whatever they got, and go ahead and get me as much of my money as possible. Then this servant comes back to this great king and he says, please, all I need is more time. Now let me ask you something. If you make $100,000 a year, how long does it take to pay $100,000 back? Anybody know? About 10 years. If you owe a million dollars, and you make $100,000 a year. How long will it take you to? If you owe a billion, how much? You see where we're going with this. There ain't enough time in the world. His grandkids don't have enough time to pay this back. He goes, all I need is time. The, t the king who is great and powerful, who has his life in his hands, looks at this guy and he knows he will never be able to pay it back. And there's something that stirs in him. It's called mercy. And he bestows upon him what he does not deserve. The debt that this man owes is far greater than he could ever pay in several lifetimes. But he bestows a mercy upon him and he removes the debt that's on his life. I don't know if you've ever had a high debt and that you paid the last day and how good that felt, whether it was your house or whether it was a college debt or whatever. It's like, and some of you are all like, yeah, I'll be paying that until my grandkids come too because college debts are just like that. Well, check this out. This guy immediately evaporated that debt. I'm giving you a picture of the gospel. Jesus is giving us a picture of the gospel. You see, there's this great king, king of the universe, and he looks at you and me. And he recognizes that you and I have accrued an incredible debt to him. He said, I want you to live like this, and you lived like that. Nobody ever had to convince me of my grimy or dirty or sinful. Do I have to convince you? If we put your deepest, darkest shame and secrets and sin on the screen, who here would not run out of the room screaming and crying? Every one of us would. Some of y'all are looking towards the screen going, I hope they don't know. <laughs> It's bad, right? It's bad. Listen, me first. I tell you every week, I'm the grimiest, dirtiest person in this room. Me first. And the king looks at us and he says, there's only one way to settle this. Separation. Be imprisoned. Separated from God forever. It's called hell. 
And this is where the story gets different. Me and you, we don't go, have mercy, I'll pay it all back, although some of us try to. In fact, the reason some of you are here today is because this is your righteous effort in order to show God that you're a good person. Beloved, oof. See, we in the gospel do not have a heart that says, God, forgive me, I'll pay everything back. What happens is God himself comes in the flesh, Jesus our Christ. And he pays the penalty for our sin. He says, your debt will be forgiven. But here's the problem about forgiving debts. When you forgive the debt, let me ask you something. Who pays? Like, let's say, for instance, I had a $50,000 watch. And I go, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. Can I see it? And I go, sure. And you see it. And then somebody bumps you. You drop it on the floor and somebody else steps on it. It's a $50,000 watch. Now, at that point, what do I do? Don't nobody try to mug me. It ain't no $50,000 watch. I'm just saying. Imagine. Imagine. And believe me, you don't want to do that. The last thing you want to do is test my gangster. Trust me. Trust me. You don't want that. You don't want none of this smoke. You don't want it. Back to the illustration. It's broken. It's on the floor. Now, there's one of two things you could do. You could go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then there's something I can do. I can either go, sorry. You know how much that watch costs? That's $50,000. You're going to be paying me back for that thing. You could do that. Or you could say, nah, it's all right. Now, if I tell you you're going to pay me back the $50,000, who pays for the watch? Anybody? You do. It's not a trick question. If I tell you, don't worry about it, who pays for the watch? Anybody know? I do. That's what this great king does. The great king looks upon your life, he looks upon mine, and he says, I will forgive your debt. And then pays the penalty for your sin. Take that personal. The shame that you feel, the guilt that you walk with, Jesus took it on himself. It's so ugly, it looks like death and blood and nails on a cross. Then, this servant who has just been forgiven goes out and finds someone who has owed him $5,000. He's found someone who owes him significantly less. And he goes, oh no, oh no, I'm about that life. You're going to give me my money now. Listen, that's why an unforgiving Christian is like an oxymoron. The point of the text and the point of Easter is that you and I have been forgiven billions of dollars worth of guilt and shame and sin, wrath and hell. Billions of dollars. And someone walks up to us and says, uh, and we see them, we go, $50. I remember that 50. It's absurd. 
We who have been forgiven much do not forgive. That's why, again, it's an oxymoron. This one finds him. And then you know what he finds himself? He finds himself imprisoned. Because that's what, that's what happens when you don't forgive. You're imprisoned. You know what bitterness is, right? Bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. It's corrupting to you. So what is forgiveness? I want, we're going to run through this quickly. Remember, we can't cover everything today. If you have your sermon map, I want you to get it out and write down what I'm about to say. Use a pen, pencil, or mascara, but write this down. Okay? What's forgiveness? Listen to me. Forgiveness is canceling a debt. That's what forgiveness is. Do you see it in the text? The text is, you owe. Remember, Jesus is talking about this in the context of uh, how much should I forgive? He's answering Peter's question. And then he goes into a story about debt. Because that's what forgiveness is. It's canceling a debt. You know how this works. You uh, use your Amex card. And when you use your Amex card, there's a ledger involved. And someone in the old days, it's all on computers now. In the old days, someone would open up a big old ledger. And they would write, Edwin Cologne, on such and such a day, at such and such a time, bought such and such and owes such and such. That's a ledger. It's clear. You see, if we're going to forgive a debt, forgiveness is seeing the ledger. It's real. It's true. What they did to me was not made up. It was real harm. Now, forgiveness is looking at that ledger and going, you ain't got it to pay me. You ain't even asking for forgiveness. Because let's face it, the people that, some of the people that we need to forgive won't ever come up to you and ask for forgiveness. Some of them uncles, they won't even mention it. They act in the family, vacation, in the family reunions. They act like it never happened. But we keep it open. But that's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is canceling. Seeing the debt marked out and going, you don't owe me anymore. Now I'm going to talk to you about how to be specific when it comes to, because when you, you, have to, you have to be like the debt collectors, right? If I call American Express and I say, how much did I owe you? I call MasterCard or Visa or whatever, the mortgage or whoever you owe money on your car or whatever. You call them up and you go, how much do they owe you? They, how much do I owe you? They say $14.53 at the sound of the beep. And like, if you give it past this hour, it's $15.22. You get what I'm saying, right? It's very detailed. It's very specific. In this series, we're going to learn how to go, okay, what? I'm going to point to this thing. This is what you owe me. I'm going to learn how to cancel the debt. But forgiveness is, what is it? It's canceling a debt. Secondly, forgiveness is granting what Christ has given. 
Forgiveness is granting what Christ has given. That is the whole point of Easter. The whole point of Easter is that Christ has with power and a demonstration of his glory risen from the dead, proving not only that your sins are forgiven, but that you too can reign with Christ. It's what Zach just explained a few minutes ago. Forgiveness is not only canceling the death, it's granting what Christ has given. And we do it out of the abundance of that $100 billion forgiveness. Right? Oh, so so-and-so hurt me. And I go, and it's hard for us to do this because we always see people, when, when people hurt us, isn't it true? Isn't it true that when you sin, you're like a multifaceted character. You have a lot of layers to you. So when you lie, you're not like a liar. You are just like a person who was put into a corner, who had a difficult decision to make, and you don't understand the consequences of me saying this. It was a complicated issue. But if someone lies to you, it's like, oh, you just can't be trusted. You're just, you're just a liar. That's what you are. I don't lie to my friends. And you think of the two people in your whole life that you never lied to, and you make yourself righteous as a result. Beloved, this is not what the Bible is talking about. See, I've lied to Jesus. Anybody here? I've told Jesus that I would reform things that I didn't reform. I would told Jesus that I would do things that I didn't do. I told Jesus I would abstain, thing, abstain from things. Right? Anybody? No? No? Yeah? Just like five or six of you. All right. Okay, it's cool. It's all right. Why? Why? Listen to me. Listen to me. This is important. This is important. I've received this forgiveness. Jesus, is this how you felt when I lied to you? Is this how you felt when the, the feeling that I feel of them lying to me, the betrayal and the hurt, is this how you felt during my betrayal, during my lying, during my? And how was your response to me? Bags and bags and bags and bags of gold forgiveness. And when I experience that, it overflows because my debt's been canceled. I can cancel the debts of others. Okay, let me tell you what forgiveness is not because I don't want us to, because let me tell you why I'm doing this. Because there are some of us here who are going to manipulate those that we love, that we say we love. Say, well, you just got to forgive me. And you're going to use it like a club. And I just wish you would repent I wish you would beg Jesus for forgiveness because that's not this kindness. That's not this message. If someone's not ready to forgive, you're not, your job is not to force for, you're not the Holy Spirit. Your job is not to force forgiveness on them. So let me tell you what forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness isn't minimizing the wrong that was done. Would you write that down? Forgiveness is not minimizing the wrong that has that was done. It's not saying, well, it's under the blood. Forget it. It's just under the blood, minimizing it. That's how we Christians do it. In secular society, we go, oh, yeah, yeah, just forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. It's not minimizing the wrong that was done. Secondly, forgiveness also isn't resuming the relationship. Forgiveness, listen to me. If someone 
molested one of my children. They were a babysitter for years. Me forgiving them does not mean calling them up and say, hey, are you available to watch the kids between 7 and 10? You see how stupid that is? But, so that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is something else. There's something that happens in your heart. It doesn't necessarily mean that you resume the relationship. It doesn't mean that that person can't get help. It doesn't mean that that person can't do a lot of work to try to ask Jesus not only to forgive them, but to heal them. But it doesn't mean that we resume the relationship. And forgiveness also isn't sweeping the, sweeping the offense under the rug. Acting like it never happened. Beloved, here's what Easter teaches us. Easter teaches us that you and I owe a debt. A debt that we cannot pay to God. God saw that and decided to pay the debt himself for us. And as a result, we can have relationship with God. There is no one who's ever offended or sinned against you that you haven't done that same thing to Jesus. 